you are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Protectors rise! Inhuman foes meet your demise! And boom, boom, boom! Your end is Why, hello, and welcome to season 24, episode 19 of Happy Jack's Everything Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. And this is Tappy. Uh, is your mic muted? Ah, there you. we go. I am Tappy. <laughs> We're still listening to your awesome song. Yeah. I was, Are they? they yeah. can, no, you guys can still hear it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop that. I was I was distracted. <laughs> I faded it down, but... Yeah. We you guys aren't on the same same channel. No. All right. Um, oh, by the way, we have a game convention coming up uh, August 31st, September 1st, 2nd, 3rd, LAX Hilton Hotel. This would be Orcon? This or Ga- Gateway. Gateway. Gateway 2019. SeptemberCon. SeptemberCon. Well, now August SeptemberCon. Yeah, it still counts. I, it does. Well, it's mostly in September. August my, my, uh, It doesn't work. Never mind. That's a terrible joke. Octembercon. Yeah, that's better. Octemberton. August personage con. Personage. <laughs> I got my room booked. Um, I may run a Call of Cthulhu game that will weave into the campaign. Ooh. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It may be set in a. I, I, I can't say. But it won't be. It, it may not take place in the 1920s. Okay. Um, uh, and I don't know what else I'm going to run. I'm thinking about running the game at like 8 to midnight on Friday. Oh, cool. Because it's called Cthulhu. Yeah. And rooms are usually not as full then. Right. Mm-hmm. The gaming rooms. If I can stay up that late. I don't know. And, You're kind of old. I am. Yeah. I am. I, I love my sleep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's coming up. Also, uh, the Kickstarter for Jason's um, Demigods PBTA hack is still going strong. He's at, what, three times? He's been, yeah, 300% funded now. Uh, It's past 22K, I think. Oh, is it? Good. Yeah, his original ask was like 6K. (laughs) It was six or eight. Yeah, something like that. He hit that in like two hours. Yeah, Yeah, the first couple hours. Real fast, yeah. Um, so yeah, check that out still. The and also uh, uh, demigodspbta.com. Right, that's where you go for that. And that will take you to the Kickstarter. Yeah, well, there'll be a link there too. Yeah, there's a link there. Um, also, if you like listening to the music I write and produce, I have a new collection called Crime, Betrayal, and Horror, which you can find pretty much everywhere now. Mm. It's on iTunes. It's on Google Play. It's on Spotify. Um, it won't be on Pandora because Pandora's. They're dicks. Okay. It might be. I don't know, but it, mm. probably not yet. They shut the box, and now nothing can get out. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's it's curated, mm. so you, you need to have a lot of people who subscribe to it to bitch about they can't find something there, and then you know if the hipsters who decide what goes on there decide it's worthy of going on there, they'll put it on there. Mm. So um, if they haven't heard of it, then it can go on. Then. Probably. <laughs> 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 or if they've heard of it, but no one else has. has. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's everywhere. It's five songs. It's got uh, the song you just heard, which is um, "Boom Boom Boom," which is the um, which was the theme for our uh, 
Savage Worlds Rifts game. Yeah. But it's completed. It has both verses. I fitted it up before you could hear the second verse, so I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> also, uh, the brand, brand, le- brand, new, brand newly minted Happy Jack's Anthem is yes. on there as well. Yes. And then it's also got the Casilda song, which is the Call of Cthulhu song that we're using, and it's got... Uh, um, the country version of the AP song Thousand Souls That's a great one And uh, it also has a new song I wrote called Betrayed by My Dice mm-hmm. Which is um, like a breakup song About someone and their dice mm-hmm. Nice And then on the next album I'm going to write Like the My Roller Left Me song <laughs> About you know, the die lamenting the fact That they've been abandoned oh. <laughs> That'll be the next one um, They're bereft of purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, I, I, I figured dice probably react the way dogs would react to being abandoned. It's probably that Aww. visceral. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I feel sad. Like, right, because they don't. They don't know. What? What about like pet rocks though? What if they was like pet rocks? It could be. It could be that as well. That's very dated. There's a lot of people listening to know what you're talking about. <laughs> One of them might be in this room. <laughs> I know what Pat Rocks are. <laughs> Sometimes your dice deserve to get broken up with, I'm just going to say. All right. All right. It's not like they have any control over it. All right. Uh, in this episode, Bevan writes in about fostering a next generation GM. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the episode about dealing with kids. Oh, I'm so glad I'm here. <laughs> Drail88 writes in about, and these are my words, the case of the teenage edgelordling. Oh, no. And Ben from Texas throws in his two cents about players choosing to fail. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com, which we can now log into again. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> A long story. <laughs> they locked us out. Boy, those... Yeah. Those big mega tech corporations are fucking faceless monoliths. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Let's continue. Uh, what it, happened? I have no idea. Uh, oh. Stu's <laughs> only had it forward to his personal email for like years. So a decade. A decade. Almost and a so decade. At one point, he oh, like. Oh, wait. Like, this is, our, this is our 10th. <gasps> yeah. This is our 10th anniversary. Today is. It actually would have been last, last, last week. Last Friday. But you had a cold. I had a cold. And I, I wasn't was here anyway. And you so weren't here. Good. But this is our this is our 10th year. Wow. Huh. We're 10 years old, guys. Right. That's awesome. A decade of our bullshit. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't. For the, the, the first one where like Stu just wrote kind of like a bunch of things for us to talk about. We just kind of bullshit in that room. Well, yeah. I, I remember I it was on my birthday weekend. I did the episode zero, mm-hmm. which right. was like a little 10 or 15 minute thing, like an intro. Right. And then the next week we came in. Mm-hmm. So this would be the so, first yeah. 10th anniversary of the first proper episode. Right. Oh. <laughs> That's a long time. Do I have my? Do I have That's amazing. We should have done something special. Too bad we didn't remember. <laughs> too, yeah, too bad we're idiots. <laughs> That's crickets. Crickets uh, oh, for our tenth anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? What is going on? You have big fingers. It's not working. Your sandboard's not working. There it goes. Um, Go away, Baton. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> Come on, Idiocracy is a great film. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's our 10th anniversary. Wow. Yay, go oh, us. We're also on social meteors. We are. Mm-hmm. We're on, we have forum, happyjacksforum.com. Yeah. Happyjacksforum.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and MeWe. I've been posting on MeWe once in a while. Not a lot, but once in a while. Someone asked me a question on there. I answered it today. Um, Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. 
And then if you'd like to watch the show live, you go to happyjacks.org slash live at 7 p.m.-ish Pacific time on Fridays, and you can hear and watch the show live and yep. see our faces mm-hmm. yep. looking at your faces. Yeah. Pitter-patter. Yeah. <laughs> Check out happyjacks.org slash schedule for our schedule of all our APs and everything that we do during the week, because we have... A bunch of those all the time. Yes. Happening. It's mm-hmm. very good. Oh, and I just want to say if you haven't watched Letterkenny on Hulu, okay. if you're in Canada, you probably get to you probably get it off of what is it? What did they say? What was the name of it? Crave. Crave. You probably get it off Crave. But um, I discovered that about two weeks ago. And I'm now watching the entire series on my second pass. Yeah, since this is our 10th anniversary, you're well aware of Stu's obsessions and how they come and go. And they this do. is the latest wait. one. And this is the latest one. <laughs> wait, wait, Letter Kenny? Right? I've never even heard of it. It's kind of a... He'll tell you all about it. I'll tell you all about yeah, yeah, yeah. it. It's, it, it's, a, it's very, very funny and very Canadian. And, and profane. That oh. sounds perfect. Not like pol- yeah. polite Canadian. I'm not happy. I don't know if you can handle the profane part of it. So we're reading Canadian emails. profanity. I wish ah, you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. All right, that's a quote. And, and, and there's memes. Go look up Letterkenny memes, and you'll see thousands of them. They're mm-hmm. literally everywhere. Um, okay, so that's that. Oh, first email. Yeah. Oh, should we sing Happy Birthday, Roger? Happy Birthday to us. Okay. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday, Happy Jacks. Happy birthday to us. There, we did our big 10th anniversary shindig. Woo. Mazel tov. <laughs> we kind of had a key. That was fine. Yeah, and and we we talked about doing something about this. We did. <laughs> We've been talking about it all year. Yep. Wait. We have? Yep. Uh, well, Kimmy yeah. and I have, yeah. I was like, yeah, we should probably do something. Like, come up with some it's kind not of my thing. fault like, that it's the weekend after Comic-Con. Right, well, yeah. <laughs> I had no brain. All right. Fostering a next-gen GM from Bevan. Greetings, Happy Jackers. I write to ask for some advice on how to best assist brand-new GM. A brand-new GM. My 14-year-old son who wants to get into tabletop RPGs. His father and I are longtime gamers but have been in an RPG desert for a while after our group fell apart and work pressures killed off a long-running play-by-post campaign I was running. Mm. To give some context for the questions at the end. <laughs> uh, after a, a brief flirtation with Fate Accelerated that I GM'd, oh my. the boy decided he wants to run L5R 4th Edition. Woot! Woo. Uh, finally putting to use the books my husband bought years ago and ha- and that have been sitting on our shelves unused ever since. We whipped up two young Dragon Clan Murimoto Bushi, thinking the fighter class is generally the easiest to work with in an unfamiliar crunchy system. Yes. Um, my husband played serious and stoic Kaitsuke, Kaitsuke uh, who really likes his katana. I think that's supposed to be Kitsuke, but it's spelled wrong. It's another dragon family. The well, that's his name, though. It's his character's name. Oh, it's a character's yeah. name? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because they're both Murimoto's, um, who really likes his katana. Oh, oh okay. I thought there was a, a third one. Yeah. Uh, and, and my PC, an overconfident, not very bright, and friendly fellow with a beer belly named Ueda. Oh, Yay! very nice. Thank you. <laughs> that is one of the NPCs from my game. Yeah. <laughs> um, who died honorably. He did. He did. And his grandson was the daimyo in the last game, I think. Uh, uh, We just had our first session, which started with an announcement that the Emperor is dead. And hey, let's have a tournament for noobs in which all the competitors were supposed to be of equivalent level. 
First are regionals, uh, with representatives of various Dragon Clan families to find out who will advance to the nationals before the new emperor and com- and and compete against the winners from the other clans' competitions. That's kind. Of, well, it's almost kind of like what, what is it? The bring it on. The, no, that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. The, Actually, yes. <laughs> the, Bring it on is an underrated movie. I love J- that movie. So J- the Jade Tournament or uh, Tournament of the Topaz Champion. That maybe is one. That I'm is. The, I think that was the very first like uh, published like. Oh, okay. Game to right. play. Uh, okay. Or I think actually it was in the back of the original like first edition book or something like right. that. It's like int- it was like intro. Intro. intro, intro yeah. Right. So the I intro go one. Right now, and I want to write like PBTA. Bring it on. Like I want that to be a thing. I want to play it really badly. <laughs> I'm working on a PBTA letter, Kenny. Ooh. Oh. Where oh. nothing happens but people sit and cuss each other out. <laughs> 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 You'd be good. good. Pitter patter. Yeah. Um, the oh my God, I should do that as a one shot. L five R, bring it on. One shot at the next con. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, die. Other clans competition. Oweda eliminated uh, was eliminated quickly, doing going full attack and getting his ass handed to him by his opponent uh, Fusoshi. It's all good. He bought her a few drinks and we role played. Some light joking around among the PCs and various NPCs. Uh, when it came time for Fu- Fu- Fusoshi to fight uh, Kaisuke, she lost, and the boy leaned in and declared she was off her game because she overindulged in sake. Mm. Um, the twist for the the regional Dragon Clan tournament is that someone let in a ringer, a competitor who is clearly not a noob. And is far more advanced than everyone else. Our daimyo was instructed to investigate this fellow, find out who he is, and how he was set up to join a tournament that was supposed to be limited to relatively inexperienced folks. Our daimyo directed us to report back in three days. Woo-hoo. We will report back in two days. <laughs> well played, well played. Uh, Kaitsuke um, went was a wet towel and insisted we take the full three days we were offered. <laughs> That's where things stand after the first session. And I hope for some advice on how we can best encourage the boy to continue. He seems to be enjoying this so far, is really excited about L5R, and wants to eventually launch a game group with his friends after getting some experience under his belt. He tends to criticize himself mid-play, apologizing for having to look up rules, as we aren't as if we aren't all three doing that. Hell, I didn't even read the book. Um, saying things like, I know I'm not narrating this very well, or I know this is a lousy description of, of what you see, or I really suck at transitions between scenes, sorry. In other words, he struggles with self-confidence and a fear of screwing up, not unusual for him, alas. Uh, we've told him we also sucked when we started GMing, and sometimes still do, and that he'll get more comfortable as he gets more practice. As far as not knowing the rules, none of us know them well at this point, and the spouse and I pointed out that it was a great idea to have this tur- mini-tournament as a way for us to start wrapping our heads around the combat rules. Yes. I also deliberately made a character who likes to talk to people and therefore will interact with his NPCs, well played, mm-hmm. and have promised him uh, we will latch on to any plot hook he waves in front of us. Beyond that, do you have any advice on how to best support a new GM so he can develop his skill set that will, we hope, launch him into his own gaming group with his friends? Thanks, Bevan. Very nice. No P.S. 
<sighs> um, I, I'd say just keep going. Like, you, it's kind of like singing, right? You got ten thousand wrong notes to sing. So right. You might as well get them all out as soon as possible. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's um, like it's like when uh, what was it? Uh, Ernest Hemingway. Your first ten thousand words are shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It sounds like he's off to a great start. Like it's a really great. Like you said, like starting with a tournament is a really great idea. It's like a limited scope. You get to try out a lot of the rules. Um, it's an interesting start to a campaign. Mm-hmm. So and you have a kind of investigative thing of like who is this person, but it isn't like following a trail of like a killer or something like that. They can go around and find stuff. And the Dragon Clan is f- relatively unique in the fact that they actually investigate things rather than go, hey, who is this person? I don't know. Okay, thanks. And leave. Right? <laughs> right. Like sincerity isn't like nearly as much like desired as actual evidence. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I mean, yeah. And he's also going. he's also set up a a, a, a good adventure where you're going to have different tenants of Bushido that are going to be in conflict mm-hmm. when you find out who this guy is and maybe mm-hmm. who's how high up in the Dragon Clan this person is, and by divulging this, are we going to be putting dishonor on the clan? I mean, there's all kinds yeah. of complications mm-hmm. that he's putting in. He's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. He obviously read the book mm-hmm. and, and has grokked that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the, best, the thing that probably gives me the biggest punch in the arm is when players want to talk about the game away from the table. Mm-hmm. So... Even having conversations that he's not part of, that he's there, like... To, to, like um, discussing theories about who it might be or what might be going on and stuff like mm-hmm. that, t- just to make sure in in a very organic way that he, that he knows that you've peaked, that he's piqued your interest mm-hmm. and that, that that he's doing it right. Yeah. right. I mean, as far as the, the the apologizing for stuff, I think that's probably pretty common early on yeah. for mm-hmm. GMs. That's super normal. I mean, um, and I think that I mean, confidence comes with experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's really normal for, like, specifically women and kids, specifically because society kind of, like, teaches us to apologize for things. Right. Like, 100%. Oh, you should apologize, but, like, your kid's in the school system, and that's part of, I'm going to admit, the bad things about the school system. We teach kids to apologize whenever anything's wrong. Right. So that's going to be an automatic uh, mm-hmm. thing that they probably do, like, whenever they're nervous, also. Mm-hmm. Just so, in case this is wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry, so you're not extra mad at me. Exactly, right. exactly. So, you know, ha- handling expectations ahead of time just in case. So, I, yeah, and that should dissipate with, um, with while their confidence grows. I also think it's just great to bullshit about that game, or about game worlds in general. I like hanging out and talking about them, but this one in particular is a lot of fun to, like, hang out and bullshit about. Oh, it's so um, and so this can also help you guys kind of develop how you feel like certain clans work because there's a lot of writers that have been around for L5R. It's been in here for like 20 years plus. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and not all of them are good. Um, but also like, you know, how like the Tennis Bushido go, how, you know, you feel like that whole concept of samurai as like a servant mm-hmm. uh, works as opposed to a bushi as like uh, a warrior. But yeah, I mean, just... Talking about clans is so much fun. I could fucking do it for hours and hours and hours and hours. <laughs> he does. I yeah. And he did the, he did the same thing that I did, which is like, I don't understand why all these people from these different clans are would cooperate with each other. Yeah. So let's make everyone from one clan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It is it is very difficult to do a multi clan game. Yeah. I bet. 
Unless it's some kind of magistrate investigation yep. thing where you've all been appointed mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it's some sort of winter court where you all hate each other and try and kill each other. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I would also uh, take take them to like a local con if you can, if you have one, because. I have learned the most about GMing from being in other people's games and oh, yeah. seeing things that I liked, seeing things that I didn't like, seeing things that I could adopt that would work for me, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, if you can't make it to a local con, um, a, a, a second best thing would be watching actual plays or listening to actual plays. Um, Don't uh, let a 14-year-old listen to mine. No. <laughs> Don't listen. Yeah, ours are language yeah. yeah. Although 14. 14, hmm. yeah. He cusses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not in front of you, make, but he cusses. Make your parental guidance choices yeah. with that. But um, And it doesn't even just have to be L5R. Like The things that work and that you like for a GMing one system, most of them, other than like the basic rules and like and, and mechanics for stuff, will transfer very well to most other systems. So like get them out there seeing things that they like, getting some, um, some like role models and stuff like that. Oh, and it, especially I'm going to double down on what you're saying about conventions mm-hmm. um, being being in a game where yeah. someone else is GMing almost every time I do that I learn something about GMing Absolutely. Mm-hmm. it may be what not to do yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. but that's a valuable lesson too but very often it's like oh I hadn't thought about describing things that way or I haven't thought yeah. about doing this I, you know, I always thought Perios would have a problem with that but it seemed fine you know, think, you know what I mean mm-hmm. I love how they use index cards to keep track of like whatever it is initiative order whatever right. like, amazing things that you wouldn't necessarily see just playing with the same people all the time and yeah if you can get them to one it's probably going to freaking love it yeah but I mean that—that's a fantastic thing, and mm-hmm. and uh, and also yeah, actual plays, especially L five R ones, and there's a really good walkthrough on, on uh, does it MOOC put who put that up? The MOOC put that up? Was it the MOOC? I don't know. Someone put up a really good walkthrough for fourth edition. Fourth edition combat. Yeah. That's that uses yeah. almost. I don't remember where it was. Oh. Was it a video? Yeah, speaking, no, speaking of a, which. It was a, just a, oh, a, page? a narrative yeah. page. I would like to give Bevan a little bit of advice here. Um, when it comes to L5R, not getting hit is really important, <laughs> and full attack is dangerous. Oh, yeah. It's you know, so yeah. dangerous. Mm, yeah, it's really, really dangerous. Now, <laughs> I'm assuming they weren't using real swords. Yeah, yeah. might be dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now, in 4th edition, the book recommends <laughs> that you... Take your Earth times five for like your first wound level, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's bullshit. You should use two. Yeah. yeah. Another thing. <laughs> another thing I would suggest. Um, whenever I'm running a game, I get really uh, kind of into the setting of it. I tend to read books in that type of setting, watch movies in that type of setting, make playlists. Like when I was running Wild Talents, like I was, I made a whole like country playlist that was like all uh, movie uh, soundtracks from westerns and stuff like that. Tappy's gonna die. He's very excited. I'm super excited. No, because I'm gonna go watch the Zadoichi movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, those are fantastic, awesome, yeah. right? 100%. Um, or uh, like Yojimbo, or like the, the yep. Kurosawa movies and yeah. stuff. They're just freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I, for the, the, the last, every time I've, I've run three campaigns of L5R now, every time I run a campaign, I, I, I went on Amazon. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Mm-hmm. I went on Amazon Prime and I, and I bought a bunch of. Um, uh, samurai movies. Yeah. Uh, Look too, because uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, novels and stuff set in feudal Japan specifically. Um, there's a lot of information, um, at least in California, feudal Japan is part of the seventh grade curriculum. So there are some like young adult novels. Is it set really? In- yeah. <sighs> it's so cool. 
I taught it for a long time. I did like a whole risk game with my class. Each table group oh, was a separate clan, and they oh, like in the and they got period. yeah they got points every day, and they could spend the points however they wanted. As far as like they could get armies, they could get food, or they could get uh, or they could save it. And like then they could attack each other. They had to roll dice. So eventually, every every time we did it every year, one clan took over the whole thing. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Like, I went down like that. Happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was like risk, but it's very fun. But yeah, check it out. There's a lot of cool resources. <laughs> it was like risk, but was fun. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> they thought it was cool. <laughs> um, no, no, no. You're not wrong. No. <laughs> Ron, uh-huh. the Kurosawa film, which mm-hmm. is oh, what yeah. Lear. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of based on yeah. Lear. And then anything with uh, Toshiro Mifune. Yeah. Any samurai movie with Toshiro Mifune. I think Toshiro Mifune is is in Yojimbo. I think he's a samurai yes. with no name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think he is. And there actually is a Yojimbo versus Zatoichi movie. Yes. I, with I, Toshiro Mifune in it, yeah. I think. I don't know if I have that one. I, yeah. Zatoichi meets Yojimbo. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yes, I have mm-hmm. that on here as well. Um, yeah, I, 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 I have about six or seven samurai movies I got on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and before I start, that I just kind of watch them, and it kind of gets you in the right mindset. Yeah. Have you ever seen the Lone Wolf and Cub movies? Yeah. The, they're hyper violent. Yes. <laughs> but they're fun. Yes. But they're not near. I think that the Kurosawa movies or like the Zatoichi, the ones that are more like those are more like period pieces as opposed mm-hmm. to yes. Lone Wolf and Cub, which is kind of like live action anime. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. They have a baby cart with spikes on it that they mm-hmm. run down. And just oh, yeah, yeah. Legs I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one's ridiculous. But. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, what, is it, uh, what is it called? 13 Ronin? Is it 13 Ronin? 13. 13. 13 Samurai? No. No. Thir- no. What is it called? 13 Assassins? I don't know. <sighs> no, it's, a, it's no. a fantastic movie. <laughs> Because there's, there's the 47 Ronin that turned into something yeah. terrible. Yeah. Well, the, the original 47 Ronin, I defy anyone to watch that Is thing from 37? front to back. A 37? 47 Ronin, the original. 47? I think it's 47. 40? Is it 37? I thought it was 47. It could be 37. Whatever. Yeah. It's a number with a 7 at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's in black and white, and it was made by the Imperial Japanese... <laughs> Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, that's amazing! It, it, it's it, it, it it's during it, it was yeah. filmed during World War Two propaganda. That's amazing! It, oh, right, because it's the Ronin who like the, the, we're gonna de- uh, uh, fight like eventually Lord, right? Yeah, well, their their Lord was um, at his daimyo's place, and he drew his sword and ended up having to commit seppuku. Right, so they were all turned into Ronin. Mm-hmm. And then they. And you are correct. There are forty-seven. Forty-seven. Okay. <laughs> and then, then they spend. I'm going to guess four hours of the film deliberating on what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually like a role-playing game. <laughs> yes, it's it's t- it's in two parts, and I think each part is between two and a half to three hours. Nice. Uh. It is a very long film. It moves very slowly, mm-hmm. but it's all about these these forty seven Ronin trying to avenge honorably their their daimyo because they eventually find out that their their daimyo was either like poisoned or uh, someone had like laced his drink or something, mm-hmm. so he was not in his right mind when he. Made, did the yeah. affront. Mm-hmm. Um, 13 Assassins mm-hmm. is also a fantastic movie, and that's about um, a, a, a group of uh, that gets hired by a village that is being marauded. This is kind of, you know, the, the, there's that sort of samurai era where they were basically fucking thugs. Right, right. You know, know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. They're, basically, it's, it's... They, were, they were bandits who called themselves nobles. 
Right. Kind of. Right. And there's basically a, some samurai that, are, that have been raiding this town. Mm-hmm. And they hire, they go out with all the money they have to hire these 13. Mm-hmm. They're basically Ronin. Right. To to basically come together and, and it, it, it's got one of the longest fight scenes that I like ever. Mm-hmm. Nice. Because it, it's just set piece after set piece of them making traps and all kinds of things <laughs> and, the, and the fight scenes are fantastic. But I think that I think that Tishiro Mufuni's in that one as well. Mm-hmm. That now, wasn't, maybe. One, one caveat I would say is uh, really make sure you uh, take in like media or books or whatever that are written by Japanese people from mm-hmm. Japan because I think that Western people have a very different idea of what feudal Japan was like than what the stuff that I've seen or read from people who are Japanese. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so you'll get a much better idea if you make sure that you're getting stuff that... Or people who like have studied and are really like uh, uh, well-versed in the subject. Because there are people who will write like a Japanese fantasy thing and just have no fucking clue what they're writing about. I think also it's important though... Like the new 47 run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that one. I think Which has dragons in it. Yeah. Well... <laughs> it does? I think oh, yeah. You're also, joking. No, it does. Sorry. What? Sorry. Oh, <laughs> just, I'm a, my mind is blown. It's okay. Uh, I think it's also important to not... I mean, like I was the one who brought up like learning about it and doing all these things. But it's also important to not... Um, bog, especially new GMs down with too much, because like Rokugan is inspired by Japanese fantasy, but it is not Japan. Right. So to also make sure that while you know, absorbing all this source material is fantastic and really gets you in the vibe of the game, and is a really important thing to kind of uh, appreciate where the game, what the game was inspired from like, also you don't want to like cut off their creativity. Like, right. if he really wants there to be a dragon there, well, like, let there be a dragon. Well, there are, are dragons. There are dragons. Like are. Yeah. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. It's okay. But like, it's not 47 Ronin is what, what was my callback for that. Yes, yes. I mean, the one of the well, things well, is that one? you have to be aware one of. one of them has dragons and one of them doesn't. <laughs> one that's bad and doesn't have dragons. <laughs> the, well, they're both bad. <laughs> um, what, what I'm trying to say more of, like, is is it's very easy to get L5R to turn into... Uh, D&D with people dressed funny. Yeah. And while D&D is fine and playing that is great, I think it's... People it's dress funny in D&D too. Also, <laughs> really, well, yeah. in the D&D world, they're dressed funny for them. Yeah. How about right. that? Um, it's like, why are you wearing armor like that? Because yeah. um, my uh, ovaries will protect me. <laughs> you give me the chainmail bikini. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, I was talking about like the full... like. <laughs> Japanese. Oh, that's one of the songs I'm writing right. for the next collection. She wore Shame a chainmail bikini. Yeah, it's I'm kind of kind of base it on Raspberry Beret by Prince. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole cartoon like thing that's written like a like the womb protection, and it's got a bunch of heroes in chainmail bikinis, and their wombs are glowing <laughs> to like protect them. But sorry, that was my um, callback to weird dressing in D and D. So that's what I think of every time. It's like yeah. It's, Whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, just fantasy is fucking fantasy. You do weird shit in that yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, and I have no clue. I was totally distracted I by totally chainmail bikinis. <laughs> um, what are they going to say? Something oh, about like not, uh, not being D&D. not not let oh, it yeah, turn into D and D with katanas. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, in like one thing that I'm trying to do when I'm doing because I'm doing an L5R hack for PBTA mm-hmm. is really look closely at the source material I 
i.e. Japanese fantasy, but making it not Japan. Mm-hmm. And very specifically trying to... Like, I can swerve to, towards things that are actually Japanese or things that actually happened in Sengoku period like way too fast and way too easily. Mm-hmm. Where like, oh wow, all of my names are actually names of famous people from that period. I should not do that yeah. and go back to Rokugani names. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's it's I think it's always a, a balancing act from where you're getting your inspiration from. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's I think it's neat to have uh, a view outside of just the Western focal point because yeah. that's one of the things that I think uh, lets you grow and like do things that are new and interesting. Absolutely. Right. Excellent. Well, thank you, Bevan, for the email. Yeah. Uh, dealing Write with back it. and update us. No, yeah. I want to hear how this campaign goes, and that's very exciting. Oh, and schedule, schedule, schedule a time. Like we're always going to play on this day at this time, so you make sure that make sure that going. they do their homework. Yeah, before I also, then. I, 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 I do want to take a second to just give a shout out to like how cool a thing this is for a family to do too. Oh yeah, like, mm-hmm. like oh, I would kill if my kids would do this. I know it's so annoying. <laughs> they won't. I I did that with uh, my stepson with mm-hmm. uh, rifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I said, oh, yeah, we're going to just mow tons of people down. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, this is the best thing ever because riffs. I mean, right. yeah, we're gonna go destroy the coalition. It's game two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but like, major props to that. That's fantastic. And good job. Good, good, good parenting. Excellent. Uh, dealing with teenage edge, uh, a teenage edge lordling. That's a hard word to say. Edge lordling. Edge lordling. Yes. Edge lordling. Teenage Edge Lordling. That's Teenage Edge Lordling. Blah, blah, blah. I'll read this one. All right. All right. Hello, all you happy jackers. Isaac from Texas, in need of advice for a dire situation. I am running a game for my close friends and siblings. My two younger sisters, a trio of brothers whom I've known for over, and a trio of brothers whom I've known for over 20 years. They are all more or less new to the hobby. I've run two games with them before that didn't go very far. This time around, we've been building up to starting a new campaign, and we're all excited. However, there's a problem. The youngest of the brothers is 16 years old and is an edge case. And being that he's never had to deal with the outside world and has access to the internet, his edginess is more than a little grating. In previous two games, he's played very chaotic and borderline obnoxious characters, which normally wouldn't be a problem, but for a new player, I don't want him to start feeling festering bad habits. However, this is all secondary to the main thing I have an issue with. When I say he is an edge case, I don't mean he's obsessed with cloak and dagger type character. No, his sense of humor is derived from being stock humor at best, shock shock humor at best and morbidly offensive at worst including but not limited to racial and sexual slurs that I don't feel comfortable typing, let alone saying out loud. Holy shit. Uh, He doesn't do it often, but it does happen, along with a long list of other things of that nature. Now here's my plight. How do I go about handling this? I do not want to call him out at the table because I think it's the wrong way to handle this. I want to get it taken care of before we start the game. His little brothers, while they can have a dark sense of humor with no filter... Do, uh, do not make it their entire do not make their entire personality being like his. Apologies if that sentence was instructed right. <laughs> I like the word you I accept your apology. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't want to cut him out because I think it uh, would make the whole group fall apart. And more than just the game, I don't want him to go on in life thinking that this type of thing is okay. Hoping to hear from you soon. Many thanks. Isaac from Texas. Uh, Drail88 on the forums. P.S. Not applicable. N A. Because it's the internet. Wow. 
Well, <laughs> welcome to humor on the internet nowadays. Some of it, yes. Yeah. Uh, just shout edgelord, edgelord, edgelord until he stops. No, I don't know if that'll mm. work. See, okay. He's a little older because I remember junior high school. This is high school. No, this is definitely is high, high school. school. This is like sophomore, junior year. I remember in junior high school, you kind of push push a lot of boundaries. At least we did in the seventies. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> and, <laughs> no, I, that was a long time ago. People try stuff on, and if this is yeah. something, and he, this, is, I mean, if he's trying on racist, misogynistic bullshit, like that's a thing kids do, especially. You know, I don't. It seems like they're probably from a smaller town, like the internet. That doesn't like, matter. It's the internet, right? Right. But I mean, everyone's from the big, same big festering city, right? But <laughs> especially in small towns, though, there's less uh, less other things, more other constructive things to, things to do. To do. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my stepson is twenty, mm-hmm. and he likes humor like this, and he loves to shout shit like that to his friends when they're like gaming with each other, and then like with me. I'm like, yeah, dude, don't do that. Mm-hmm. That fucking pisses me off. And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to piss you off. Mm-hmm. Just, I think I think it's funny. It's like, yeah, no, it fucking pisses me off. Please don't. And he's like, oh, all right. And there you go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, personally, I think you have to say something. You can't not call him out. Like, yeah, I, if I you, I would preface it so you don't necessarily like. Hopefully, you can avoid having to call him out at the table. Like, you can't let things like that at the table stand, especially. I, I mean, you just can't let him do that. Um, you don't want that at your table. The other players there, at least some of them probably don't want that there. I can't speak for his brothers. Who knows? Um, but I would start with, uh, you know, having a one-on-one conversation with him. Like, hey, this has happened in the past. I've seen, like, what you do at home is fine, but, like, it's not cool at my table. And just give him that advice up front. And then I would have, like, the prep conversation with everybody at the table. Like, before we're, like, hope. I would definitely suggest you do a session zero for this. And don't be like, hey, you, don't do this. But be like, hey, these are the rules of the table. Like, we're not going to let this happen. This can't happen. We have X cards. So if somebody does something that upsets you, you can tap the X card. Like, that's that's how I would handle it, first of all. So hopefully, if you've got those rules set down, I mean, he's 16, so no guarantees. But that might head off the problem at the at the start. If you don't want to sound like the enemy of fun, then I would corner him and say, dude, just cut that the fuck out. Like, right. I don't want to hear it. It, it yeah. See, I don't think any of that makes you sound like the enemy of fun. Like, to me, sitting down at a table... No, but to, to from a his 16 year old, perspective... A, that's what I'm saying. It's like, to a 16-year-old, like, that's gonna... Yeah, but I don't... I, honestly, I care about the other people at the table more than I give a shit about that 16-year-old. Like, honestly, like, I work with kids a lot. I care about kids. Behavior like that, like, no. Mm. Like just no. I'm not saying you should accept it at the table. Right. I'm saying that you shouldn't accept it at right. the table. But I'm saying but you like, also shouldn't give a shit if you sound like the enemy of fun to that kid because he's like, oh, if he's like, oh, that doesn't sound fun. I'm not going to play. You're like, cool. Your brothers can play. Like, like there, there's that element of yeah, you might lose your game, but this is a this is a hill to die on. Like accepting that shit in your game is not cool, and you shouldn't do it. Yeah. But if he it does leave and gets isolated. It's not your job to save that kid. I don't know. Is he related to him? No. Oh, he's not. Okay. No, it's, there's no, three it's brothers who are okay. in his All game. Right. Okay. So he's got two other players who are related to the kid, so that might mess up the game some, but it's not his brother. 
I'm assuming because he said I've known them for 20 years. I'm like, if the kid like, if he's your brothers, I hope you've seen known them for always. I don't know. Anyway, that's how I read the email is that there's a set of three brothers who are coming in to play the game. Just not. I thought he was. I thought he was related somehow. But. He said he said there are three brothers. My close friends and my siblings, my two younger sisters and a trio of oh, a trio of brothers. Okay, yeah. so the knights aren't related. Yeah, cuz okay. I mean, at this point, like if he's saying gross misogynistic stuff, you definitely don't want your sisters having to deal with that. Right. Like like, you know, sisters before misters or whatever, like take care of your your sisters and th- their comfort level at the table. Well, I think we're we're all saying that. Right. Yeah, we are. I'm just giving more this is something I'm passionate about. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you in any way. I don't think any of us are having a debate about this. No, no, no I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if giving a, if he's trying to keep the game together and keep the kid at the table, which it sounds like he is, because he wrote an email here for that. Yeah, yeah. Putting it into a situation where it's like you're going to do this or you're going to leave, um, and he decides to leave is the opposite of what he's trying to do, is what I'm saying. Well, he says he doesn't want to call him out at the table, is what he said. So, by prefacing this and doing it, like, ahead of time, so he, like, so you're not like, hey, asshole, that was sexist, you shouldn't do that. 16-year-old boys being called out in front of other people, especially girls, they get, well, they can get violent. (laughs) Because they're 16-year-old boys. Been there. (laughs) Had to write that incident report. But like, that's why I think kind of prefacing that and setting down the expectation, like, it's like what I do in my class. We lay down all the rules before anybody has a chance to break any of them. Because, right. you know, you, so you do all of that stuff up front, some of it in private, some of it open at the table, not just aimed at him, but for everybody. Right. So then he doesn't necessarily feel targeted, but then he knows where the lines are. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I no guarantee that that will work because he's 16. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean,. I think, based on just based on my experience with one person, which is not nearly as much experience as you have with okay. <laughs> thousands of kids, but it is a much more intimate um, experience, so that's important. Right. Well, especially because he is more like what I hear in mm-hmm. this place, and like if I didn't have a bunch of conversations with him, it could be very easy for him to turn into some sort of horrible bullshit mm-hmm. thing. So I think communicating with people one on one is exceedingly important especially when people are kind of like getting this weird incel radicalization Mm -hmm. and and who knows where this is coming from this might be coming from home it might not be coming from the internet no we don't know but like just saying in a very personal way with him is like this fucking sucks like I'm I don't like it and if you want to do it, then you're... You don't even have to do it if you want to do it. It's just like, I don't fucking like it. So please don't do it. And if he goes like, all right, I won't do it then. And then he does it. Right. I'd right, say dude. one warning. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like, this person, if you've known these brothers for a while... Because he's 16, is going to test. Yeah. Gonna say, but also, rules really he's, for me. he's 16 <laughs> and has known this person for a long time, might look up to him. Yeah. That's true. It says he's known the brothers for 20 years. The kid's only 16, so he's obviously known the brothers since longer than he's been alive. Um, And so I I still think it's it's important to to have a a large tool set. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, And to talk to this person in a way that they kind of grok and go along with it. 
And so there's some people, some kids, some boy kids, if you're like, these are the rules. Sometimes they're like, well, you can fuck your rules. Mm-hmm. And other times, like, don't fucking do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, there are things I don't want people to fucking do. But, I mean, it's really up to you how much you want this fucking kid in your game. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, it kind of sounds like the game's... It, he's, I think he even says the game's going to fall apart if he's not there. Yeah. He's probably going to lose the other two brothers or mm-hmm. whatever. Well, I, I, and that personally depends on how you how it go, you go about it. I think I think if you confronted him at the table and was like, hey, asshole, cut it out. Like, yeah, you're going to lose the set of brothers. Yeah. If ahead of time you're like, hey, these are the rules, and he's like, oh, that doesn't sound fun to me, I'm not going to play, like, you might not lose the other two brothers. Then. That's possible. That's possible. Um, I would also, like... Uh, Try and use something like the X card, and I know for games like this that's hard because people are hesitant to use it sometimes if it's not already part of game culture. But then it's not just you being the bad guy. Like then there's like a, a group culture of hey, if somebody feels uncomfortable about something, they have a way of communicating that that's not necessarily as targeted. Can I do one caveat to that? Yeah. Make sure you use it a lot and like the Try first one or two. Like you yeah. use it and yeah. then other people normalize it. Yeah. You don't right. use it, other people won't. There's yeah. no way. And 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 maybe even set it up with your sisters ahead of time where like they X card something you say, like even if it's fucking like staged or shit. Do you I think I'm a could backfire? I'm just thinking about when I was a teenager. I don't know. I think I would kinda almost back then I'm not not by by sixteen I'd mellowed out. But when I was in junior high school, if there had existed something like that, mm-hmm. I would consider it my personal goal to try to make everyone hit that thing at some point. <laughs> I, think I was a shit when I was in junior think, high school. I think if he was playing with a group of his peers, that would be the case. But it does not sound like it's a group of his yeah, peers. Be, he yeah, is the youngest, be. and yeah. it sounds by... Like by a few years. Yeah. So I think if you're playing with people, other 16 year olds, then that might be a thing that happened. But they wouldn't even have one. Yeah. Right. They wouldn't have. But I, I feel like he's probably like Tappy was saying. He probably looks up to some of the people at the table. Some his brothers are going to be there. There's going to be these girls. Like, Mm -hmm. so I think that might be a thing. But I think that'll just also, like, it it may not work super well. Um, X card is something that's still really new, and a lot of tables still isn't functioning like 100 percent. Shot color. <laughs> Citronella, please, come on. Let's be humane. Yeah. <laughs> I would actually like to advise you not to have a shot collar on your. Citronella. <laughs> you can get, I can get a citronella collar. No. And it just sprays no. citronella. But, um, and that way you're not always the, always the person saying no. You could put bleach in it. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing straightens you out like bleach in the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let us know if how this works out. Yeah. Um, we don't get a lot of emails like that. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a look to me. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, good job for trying to like handle. Yeah. It. Like, I think yeah. that's important. And bringing gaming to the Utes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we're gonna mess up sometimes. Uh, players choosing to fail from Ben in Texas. Two emails from Texas. Mm-hmm. Nice. Who was reading this one? Hola. Happy Jackers. I wanted to chime in real quick on a question from last week in which a player was not allowed to choose to fail a dice roll. My understanding is that the player wanted the outcome of his character's actions to be different than what he said the character intended. Right. He wanted his character to act out of a fit of rage and kill a prisoner by accident. In this case, failing a dice roll meant that the player's intent is successful and not the character's intent. Correct. 
seems clear to me that the player should only be allowed to choose a fail the dice roll if this is also what their character would do. Doing otherwise robs the game of the drama that comes from seeing how the dice land. Mm-hmm. I think the roll should have been made. If the roll failed, then the character kills the prisoner by accident and has to live with the consequences of that. Oh no, what have I done? If the roll succeeded, then the character comes to their senses before killing the prisoner. Now the player should be asked to choose whether the character goes through with the murder, is this who I am now, or stops himself. I should have killed them when I had the chance. That's three possible outcomes with great dramatic consequences for the story. Mm-hmm. The crooks here, to me, is that the character had the ability to kill the unconscious prisoner at will. No real necessarily necessary unless the outcome was in question. So if the player had said they're all go- just going to kill the prisoner, I think no role needed at that point. If the GM thinks that it's not interesting enough, or have another NPC walk in or make them roll stealth to see if their action is hidden. Key point is, don't let it be boring. Players getting their way every time without risk or consequences is boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, the DM shouldn't dictate the character's actions for sure. They should always steer the story towards more interesting or satisfying outcomes and maximize player engagement. My two cents, Ben from Texas. Um, <coughs> I don't know if I agree with this. Well, as I recall, it's from from the original email. The guy sort of the the player sort of declared an intent, and then kind of came up with this accidentally killing them thing, or. Unintentionally killing them, or however you want to say, he wanted to create some sort of drama for his character, right? Afterwards, and and that's when the GM said he needed to make a like a control roll mm-hmm. or something in order to to see if that happens. I think they decided that after they made the roll, if I remember mm. correctly. Like, I think they didn't want to make the roll. I think no, they they were fine with the roll, but after they succeeded the roll to keep control, they were like, "Oh, can I, I choose to fail that roll?" Um, and have my character lose control. I think is how that went because I feel like we talked about um, the order of operations. The order of operations. No, we don't teach that in Common Core. No, well, but the like order of operations is not just math. I know. I'm just kidding. Luckily. My bad joke, Tappy. It was my bad math <laughs> joke. Come on. Um, well, here I got the email right okay. here in front of me because I keep. Old, I keep. We were stalling. Go ahead. Do you know, I keep all. I have all of the show notes from the very beginning. Yeah. Every huh. document. Wow. Um, we should do that. We should do a special episode where we go back and read some of the crazy stuff. I can do it right now. Not right now. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to take his head and just hold it underwater for a minute. Maybe three. GM. Okay. Make it. Oh wait. Let me read a little bit ahead or behind. Uh, uh, despite myself, all the characters are high schoolers on the school tournament combat team. Uh, as a part with the course of the GM, we eventually get caught up with the end of the world bullshit after a hard. F- Hard fought and barely won fight with the street gang responsible for deaths of thousands only weeks prior. My character, a 17 year old hothead French exchange student, ha, 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 uh, had a. Oui, oui, I will fight you. Uh, <laughs> 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 Do you ever notice that French people always go at the end of their sentence? You always go, I'm going to take shit. Please keep reading. I'm going to have Had a moment alone with a very unconscious character, uh, leader of this gang. The following is a very abridged retelling of the discussion between me and the GM. 
me, I'm going to take his head and just hold it underwater for a minute, maybe three. GM, okay. Make a composure check to see if you actually kill him. Me, um, this guy literally single-handedly responsible for killing thousands of people, like friends and family we knew. This would actually solve a lot of problems uh, going on right now. Can I just fail the roll? GM, no. Make the check. So... The player, according to this abridged version, if it's accurate, originally just wanted to hold the guy's head underwater for the for a while. That's right. And the GM decided, because of what this guy's done, I'm going to have you make a composure check to see if you can actually kill him. Mm-hmm. And then the player is saying, ooh, that's even more interesting, says, can I just fail that role? Mm-hmm. So, and I'm trying to remember, I think I, think I was in favor of letting the player fail, I think. I don't remember. I think it's, we weren't. I had, I had a situation that was kind of... I, I'm okay with the player filling the role, I think. I don't remember. I think but we all decided we weren't. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, I was in a game uh, played long, long ago that uh, uh, Jim was running. And it was Jim, and myself, and Mike, and another friend of ours. And it was a um, uh, like near future science fantasy kind of game um and uh uh he wanted it to be kind of street level so uh mike made like this grizzled war veteran i made a drug addict and our other friend wanted to make a ninja and he was like you can't make a ninja this is a street level game like, a ninja. i'll make a ninja it's like no just look just roll on the table it all had all these tables for character creations and he rolls like a d66 and rolls ninja <laughs> and you're like see i can be a ninja it's like fine you can be a ninja so he spent the entire game being a ninja not with the group so it's just myself and mike's characters going off just being just complete idiots my mm-hmm. i took negatives throughout the entire game cuz i was on drugs mm-hmm. um, and we were just like uh, so the ninja is kind of like helping us out the whole time, but for some if, some evil magic, I was the only one who could ever make a perception check to see the ninja. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ninja, and was like, it's not a fucking ninja. There's no ninjas here. So over and over again, I'm seeing the ninja, and everybody just thinks I'm hallucinating. And then at the very end, like the ninja throws like a ninja star and misses, and goes like right near my character. It's like, ah, I knew it. It's a ninja. It's a ninja. And I like jumped on the table like me. It's right. ninja. It's a fucking ninja. Because <laughs> I, my character had thrown the ninja star. Right. Right. And then nobody believed my character again. Right. Should I have had to make a roll to accidentally lose that ninja no. star? No. Would it have been more uh, dramatic if I had the ninja star? Maybe. Like, all of these things are dramatic. Killing the sure. guy, not killing the guy, they're all dramatic. Yeah, leaving him alive to, to go and do horrible shit again, it could be just as dramatic as accidentally killing him. So, uh, really, what it comes down to is, like, what's fun right now? Right. Because you're going to go somewhere interesting. So he has all of these possibilities here of, like, what could be dramatic, what's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I really think it's kind of like... You can cho- you can just go either way, really. Like right. I think it's totally fine for the character to accidentally lose the ninja star, even though the character, more than anything, wants to hold on to that star to show everybody he's not fucking crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. Hint: He's crazy. Um. So, I mean, especially before you roll, it's like I just I think my character would lose control. 
I think my character would do this. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't want to, right? But he would. Um, is kind of the crux here. Yeah, I, I think I think when we originally talked about this, I felt I, I came down on the side of the player. But I seem to recall saying that if the GM sinned here at all, it is a very, very minor sin. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what I said, and it really is kind of it, it's it's it really could kind of go either way. My tendency is the player says I want to do this thing, and it is not something where the outcome is uncertain. Let the player do the thing, mm-hmm. right? Um. This is a kind of a weird situation because the GM is the guy who brought up the fact that you might lose control because of the situation and everything that's happened so far in this campaign. Yeah. So I want you to make a composure roll to see if you hold right. keep your shit together or not. But I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with the the player saying, "Can I just fail that roll and letting them fail it?" Mm-hmm. Or or just say, "Can I accidentally drown this person? I want to hold it under because I'm angry at them." Right. But I want to accidentally drown them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's a fine thing to say. Yeah. Right. I think it's also cool to le- actually leave that to chance though. Like I see the and that's just like my player type. Like I like I fail rolls all the fucking time, and it makes my game so much better. Right, but, right. But like having that that randomness, I could see why the GM would also like the idea of having it having it be randomized. And, mm-hmm. and I can see the benefit in that as well. Yeah, you know, uh, like, like you said, like it's an interesting story either way. Yeah, and and not knowing where the story is going to go mm-hmm. when and playing to see what happens is part of the fun. Yeah, um, but you know. I think it it really is a a like case by case thing. Yeah. Right. And right. I yeah, I think I, like in this case especially like uh, it's not necessarily that the the GM I, I don't feel necessarily was taking away player agency in this. Like they didn't they didn't dictate they I mean, they didn't dictate to the player this is what's happening. They were like let the dice decide. So, I don't know. I feel like the the randomizer part of it... I agree with you, but only because it looks like from the little dialogue there mm-hmm. that the GM is the one that came up with this right. very interesting possibility. That's a huge point. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If the ki- if the, the player had been like, I want to figure out if I can do this, and the GM was like, no, then I think that would be different. But the GM brought up the possibility, and then the player kind of went with it. Because he specifically said, I'm going to take his head and hold it just underwater for a minute, maybe three. Right. That's they not going to kill him. No. They didn't want to kill them when they first said it. Well, let's look at that other side then. Let's let's look at the the player wanting to accidentally kill it. Is it okay for the gym to say, "I would like you to roll"? Yeah. But you just said that it would it would be different if that wasn't the case. If it wasn't the case that the GM came I up with the thing, I wouldn't make. You see, I wouldn't make the player roll. Oh, see, I think I think the the fact that they're rolling is what keeps it from taking away the agency. It's like. Let's see what the dice say. Like you can try it. No, is the answer is that basic answer? Is you can try and do that. Let's see what really happens. Getting, I think either answer is fine. Yeah. Getting no. back, getting back to Ben's email, mm-hmm. you have what you have in here is a conflict between what the player wants and what the character wants. Mm-hmm. Generally, because because that, that's basically right. what he says. The player wanted once this idea was presented, the player wanted to accidentally kill the guy, but it wasn't the character's intention. Right. I'm generally kind of of the opinion that the player should win that conflict most times, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I mean, that would be weird to have some sort of arbitrator say, no, you have to do what the character would do. Right, because that at that point you what really would the character you do? really well, are. I'm the player. I determine what my character would do. That's the only thing you get to determine, and you can't really take that away. Right, but there, but there are also lots of different systems that have composure roles and things sure. like that. Like we've talked about L5R a bunch tonight. Like there's in the new Fantasy Flight version, there isn't there like a composure thing that we had to roll? Oh um, uh, yeah, it's a r- very long, complicated chapter. Yeah, I believe. it's really. <laughs> you know, <things> like, <laughs> I don't remember. Let's so, not bring up that system as. <laughs> so I think like ha- like again like having someone roll to see if they can keep control or not. Like I don't know. Uh, like, again, like I think it can go kind of go either way. Usually things like that are like keep control have like certain triggers, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, um, you see that sometimes in like vampire, etc. Yeah, yeah. Where like if you or uh, especially with uh, werewolf in the one that we're working with in the autumn people, mm-hmm. where it's like if the werewolf tastes blood, he might go into death rage and kill everybody. Yeah, right. And guess what? Werewolves taste blood. All the time because mm-hmm. they bite people. Yeah, um, and so those those roles become very very interesting because oh shit that one guy could kill everybody. Mm-hmm. But that, but <clears throat> if you're thinking about triggers, is is killing a person a, a trigger in this game where people are killing each other? Like uh, like di- trying to define like what are these characters' breaking points? That's one of the things that they use a lot in the. 180,000 rules that are in Chronicles of Darkness mm-hmm. is this idea of breaking <laughs> points. Right. Um, and these are the things that make you roll to see if you lose, like, your points of mm. sanity. I, I forget what they're fucking called. Right. See, I think, to me, this kind of comes down to the fact that the player is trying to come up with something that is going to complicate the character's life. Mm-hmm. And I generally... If someone, if a player wants to do something that's going to complicate their character's life, I'm going to let them do it. Yeah. For the most part. I generally see mm-hmm. that way too. They, that they, is my role for myself too. Right. <laughs> if I'm going to complicate my life. I will let myself do that. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's. It's not like. I'm like if he's not unconscious, I you have to make a roll to kill him. Oh, can I just fail? Well, no, you're actually trying to kill him, so you actually have to try to kill him. This is like. I, you've given me an idea as the GM and asked me to make a roll on something to see if this thing that I'm not intending to do, I'm actually going to kind of do by accident. And I'm seeing repercussions for this down the line, and I think that might be interesting. So can I just do it? So I, I don't know. I, I mean, there, there's, there's the whole thing about the GM is the arbiter of the rules, and, and the GM says, okay, make this roll. I don't want to make that roll. Can I just determine the results? I understand that. Yeah, absolutely. That thing. Mm-hmm. But in this situation, this isn't a player trying to win by not having to roll the dice. This yeah. is a player trying to complicate their character's story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what we call an edge case. Or yes. an edge lord case. An edge lord case. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it is very difficult, I think, to talk about this kind of thing. Like, I think this is a little more than just failing a role. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because this is not general at all. No. Like, um, and uh, I think it's very interesting to, to think about. Um, but, uh, and the thing is, I don't feel that strongly. Yeah. Uh, on the side I'm taking and I'm reading this thing I'm like eh, I, I understand where I totally understand where you're coming from and I can see how you could f- come down on the other side of this mm-hmm. and and I don't think you're wrong in doing so 
Because this is like a, it, it's a very gray area. Well, well and it's a, a win-win situation. Like, no matter what happens there, yeah. whether he, uh, whether the character kills the bad guy or lets the bad guy live, there's a bunch of cool consequences either oh, way. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. your yeah. allies find out you let the guy who's murdered thousands of people live. You're fucked if you kill yeah. him. Well, like, like, all these things. Or you just feel bad that you let him go and he yeah. murdered more people. Yeah. It's like, like oh, right. fuck. Yeah. So, either way, it's an yeah. interesting game, I think. So... I, I think or that's you one kill them and they put you in prison. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? There's, I think that's one of the reasons I'm I'm less like yes, this is because like either way it's it it, it was the the dice are fair. It's not like the, like if the GM had just shut them down and been like no, you can't kill him. Like that's a that's a problem. Yeah. But, but like so it's like okay, so there's a little bit of elements of chance, and then either storyline is interesting. Yeah. But again, like going back to the the weirdo example I did where like either way if I have a ninja star of an actual ninja that I've been telling these people around the mm-hmm. whole time and why is this techno ninja following us around that can be an interesting story yeah. as well as uh, he's no he's here he's really here and nobody believing me for you know mm-hmm. the rest of the game um, like is it important to like having that like really real like um, uh Thing that shows something mm-hmm. is happening or this thing is happening, is that more interesting or less interesting? Do I as a player, like as a player, I want to be an idiot. Like this character, I want to be an idiot and accidentally win because mm-hmm. I, typically my guys are hyper good at whatever it is I'm trying to do. Yeah. So this is, I think this is really my first foray into having a character who's, who's good at nothing. Mm-hmm. And it was a blast. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking blast. Um, but like in that, like is this about drama or is this about f- fun right now like like right. what are we doing so i think it 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 kind of depends on the gravitas of the situation too yeah like if it doesn't fucking matter you can throw the ninja star and we'll just keep going right mm-hmm. then let's just keep going um yeah, I, I, I really could. I, depending on the day of the week, I could come down on the other side. On yeah, this. yeah, <laughs> I agree. <coughs> All right. Well, that's it. Uh, awesome. You get to hear the new anthem. Ooh, exciting. Mm, make sure everything's working and I'm not fucking up. I'll try not to talk over it. This one time. Oh, happy Jack's RPG podcast, the show we love the most. With bad advice and humor crass from each and every host. And though the show won't start on time, the wait won't be in vain. For the host will drink and gather on till no emails remain. Saint of the skillful game master. Oh, guide us well with ascending to avert a disaster. Whether fate or herbs or millions of apocalyptic acts, fellow listeners and every host will always have our back. Oh.
plenty and then they'll give you crap. <laughs> there, you got to hear the whole thing uninterrupted. And you can buy that. You can go on iTunes right now and buy that song, along with four others, brand new. Angry Folk Band. All one word. Go search for it. You'll find all three collections. And you can get them on all fine music e-tailers everywhere. <laughs> and that's it. And I'll leave you with... Uh, should I leave them with another song? Yeah, another one off the album. I'll, I'll give them another one. All right. Uh, We're just going to do the whole album so you can listen yeah. to it. Oh, yeah. Don't you second. rip the songs off of this this podcast, though. This you won't buy this them. shit. <laughs> uh, what, what did I... I played Boom Boom Boom, right? Yeah. Uh, should I play The Whole Thousand Souls? Sure, yeah. All right. But, yeah. Huh? We have to say goodbye. Oh, bye. Hi. Uh, bye. Uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us for Season 24, Episode 19 of Happy Chicks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. And I am a meat popsicle. Yes. And we'll see you next yeah. week, Friday. Thank and you very this much. This is our 10-year anniversary. Our 10-year anniversary. Yay! Yay! <laughs> we did so much for it. Yeah, we got a new anthem. <laughs> we got a new anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah look what I did. Yeah. <laughs> totally by accident. <laughs> bye, right. guys. Here you go. An entire ham out of the hand. If I told you the things I've seen on my ways If I told you the things I've done in my days You wouldn't believe me anyway So it's best I just don't say I've lived a thousand lives I piloted a thousand souls I killed and fought and died Just for a single road If I sang a song to you from my trail Of the struggles and ordeals and travails Would you listen till the end? Could you even comprehend? a thousand lives, I piloted a thousand souls, I killed and fought and died, just for a single road. of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.